Hello and welcome to My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and today I'm joined by Quality Investor Pack Principals, Karen Yuan and Anton Dufresne. Uh, they're currently based in the uh, south of France um, for the duration of the, the lockdown, but they're UK property investors in their own right and coming from a background of uh, FCA compliance as a barrister and uh, Anton from investment banking. Uh, their business essentially started with the premise of helping people to raise funds for their property deals. So you're very welcome, guys. Hi, Will. Good to talk to you again. Hi, Will. Nice to speak to you again. Great to have you back on again. Um, in terms of um, your, your business, it's, uh, it's evolved uh, and risen in prominence quite quickly. I, I, I recall um, uh, you were getting involved with some fairly high profile um, people in the, I suppose, the, the property world. John Corey, I believe, uh, was an early fan of yours. And, um, I'm um, really impressed with how how quickly things have have grown, and your your uh, your offering has, um, I, I suppose, gone deeper, not broader. Would that be a fair summary? Yeah, I, I don't know how John would feel about being described as a real fan of ours. I would love to see his reaction when he hears that. But definitely, uh, John Corey has been one of our greatest supporters, um, and in fact, he was the one who. Uh, gave us the idea uh, to, to launch the business. Uh, and how it started was, I think we were sharing our frustrations when we were looking for investment opportunities with John Corey. And it was John who suggested, you know, seeing as you guys are frustrated with what's happening, why don't you design a solution for yourself and then present uh, about it at my property meet. And that was pretty much how Quality Investor Packs came about uh, through John. So for that, we are very, very grateful. So for those of you who don't know John, he, uh, he, he runs a number of, um, of property investment uh, networks and platforms and is known for being a champion of, of uh, quality compliance and due diligence. Would that be a, a fair summary, Anton? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what that's what John wants to do. He wants to uh, he wants to be investing a uh, a more transparent and easier environment to navigate for investors. And at the same time, he wants to make it easier for people to fundraise in that environment. So yeah, absolutely, you're totally right. And, and so essentially, you've you've gone um, you've gone to the source of the problem, which is the uh, essentially small um, property entrepreneurs uh, or, or smaller businesses um, presenting information in a way that makes it easy for a, uh, an investor to choose whether or not to invest. Yeah, so at, at, the, at the beginning, we realized that people were looking for funds, were making it difficult for themselves, and they were making it difficult for us as well. And we figured if it's difficult for us, you know, we can't be the only one. We, we are uh, like a lot of private investors, we've got funds to invest. And we figure, you know, if we can help people uh, prevent, present themselves more prof professionally, 
and um, increase the chances of, of uh, getting investors to say yes, then it's a win-win for, for everybody in, uh, in, um, uh, in the project and in the, in the industry. And coming from an investment banking background where your, your organization uh, would have considerable resources to um, prepare that due diligence and present that information to uh, prospective institutional investors, um, your, uh, you, you must have got a surprise when you, you, you first started looking at smaller property deals. I mean, you know, that's something that Karen talked about in the, in the first podcast that we that we recorded with you a little while ago, and uh, that's that's one of the good things of property investing is it's an environment where people have got so many different backgrounds, and yeah, you're totally right. Coming from an investment banking background, you're used to a certain level of uh, professionalism, and that's something that some people in the property industry don't have but you know that's fine because there, there are people out there we can we can teach them uh, how to how to get to that professional level at least when it comes to to their investor packs and communicating with investors and karen you're um you're you're a trained uh lawyer um who uh worked in the area of or, or as a specialist indeed uh in fca compliance but maybe uh, for the benefit of, of the listeners, um, could you explain what that is and why it's important in this context? Right, yeah, so the, the FCA, uh, the Financial Conduct Authority, uh, regulates a number of things. And their main principle is they are focusing on consumer protection. So that's basically protecting the interest uh, of retail investors. And property being a non-regulated industry has seen a recent increase of creative financial products. And as a result, I think there have been a number of investors that have been burned uh, by you know, investment projects not going as they had hoped. And more re in the recent past, the FCA has started looking more closely at the property sector, you know, showing their um, interest in taking a closer look at what's happening in the property industry. And so for that reason, we think that it's important that people are aware of the compliance do's and don'ts. Uh, similar to what Antoine just said, you know, we totally appreciate that not everyone has the uh, sort of FCA know-how because it takes years to get to that position. So what we are really looking for is people who have a compliance-driven attitude. So people who want to do things the right way, you know, and get things right. And often that is, you know, way more important um, than anything else for us. Okay. And um, in terms of um, how does it make it easier for a, a private individual, uh, or as the FCA describes it, a, a retail investor, how does it make it easier to um, make a good decision when you've got clear information? Yeah, I mean, f firstly, it helps us sleep at night, knowing that the uh, the fundraiser is doing things right, because that means they are less likely or unlikely to be investigated by the FCA. So being able to have that uh, feeling of security that the funds, you know, are, are safe uh, in that aspect, you know, from investigation, that's a great starting point for us. 
Um, and on top of that, you know, the, the FCA provides a lot of uh, guidance around how you can present a project. So one common mistake we see is in the use of language. So the FCA recommends that financial promotions uh, are, will have to be fair, clear, and not misleading. These are the three sort of uh, adjectives they use to describe it. And so what that means in simple terms is that, you know, you should not be describing your projects as, you know, amazing, wonderful, you know, fantastic. Um, certainly, you know, possibly not talking about bank beating returns or offering guarantees of any sort, because these are not factual information. So our top advice, top tip for people would be, you know, stick to the facts because investors are able to tell the difference between facts and, you know, what is purely used to um, emphasize something unnecessarily. And if you stick to the facts, you know, the investor can get to the, the core of the uh, project quite easily and make a decision. Yeah, the bottom line is the, the FCA is trying to protect the investors who don't necessarily have the property experience or property background to really understand uh, the project. So it's important that people who are looking to raise money um, are very transparent when it comes to highlighting and outlining the risks with each project. Because that, that's something that we see uh, a lot of people looking for money don't necessarily do. And they come across people who are not sophisticated and who don't have uh, an earlier experience in property investing. So we think that yeah, it can be it can be a recipe for disaster if someone is not fully aware of the risks that they're taking. Sure, and and the ultimate risk is that you lose all your money. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, depending on the project, some projects are really risky. Um, so that that can that can happen absolutely. And it might um, might be useful just to, um, and I don't think you can ever get too basic with this stuff, but just to outline the um, a, a typical deal stack in terms of um, uh, securities and and uh, how that typically then relates back across into uh, the rewards or the potential returns. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the capital stack, uh, so we'll start with, a, with the most senior uh, investors in the capital stack. So that would be the first charge holders. So typically, there'll be a bank or a bridging finance company. And the fact that they've got first charge means that they've, uh, they've got first dibs, basically. On so they have security uh, over in the event things go wrong, that they can recover the uh, the property and, and uh, control the sale of it to recover their um, their funds. That's right. Yeah. So they'd be they'd be first in line to uh, to use and get the proceeds from from the sale of the property. Uh, if if it was to get to uh, if the project was to get to that stage where they have to they have to sell it, and then uh, the the security uh, value uh, reduces. Um, going to first second charge and then uh, unsecured uh, unsecured loan and so this is the debt part of the capital stack so it's uh, it's talking about lending money it's talking about loans and then at the at the top end of the capital stack you've got the uh, equity investment which is uh, the shareholders in a project so they're not holding uh, debt so um, they 
but instead, you know, they're holding equity in a product. They're shareholders, and that means there's a there's a shared risk, shared reward type of arrangement with the fundraiser, with the property developer. So it's a it's a much riskier position to be in, but it's also a position where you have a, a much higher expected return on investments because you know obviously you're taking more risk so the the return that you're hoping to make should be higher to compensate for the higher risk and, and that um ability to be very clear about where uh where the level of risk as well as the level of return sits um you've also got um suppliers or or uh creditors of the company um, that that fall into uh, this equation as well in the event of things going wrong. Yes, yeah, no, uh, you, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's important to know where you stand in a capital stack when you invest in a project so that you know how much buffer there is uh, in case something is going wrong in the project and what your chances are of uh, recovering your money. And in terms of, um, in your experience, um, are property entrepreneurs um, um, making mistakes in how they're going about promoting the uh, investment into their projects uh, because there's a, a lack of understanding of how to present it? Or uh, are there, is there something a little bit more untoward at, at play? So, yeah, no, I think we see people make, uh, you know, a number of common mistakes. And I think that there are four most common mistakes that we, we've identified um, that quite a few people make when, when they start looking for money. Uh, so this is a, a property entrepreneur looking to raise money for a project to deal their business, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. So the, the four most common mistakes we see uh, people make when looking for money, when looking to work with private investors is uh, number one, they, they tend to look for money too late. Uh, most people tend to wait until they have a deal to start looking for money. And you, know, you don't want to, you don't want to lead with a deal. Uh, what you want is to build that relationship uh, with uh, prospective investors first, just, you know, make them comfortable with you know, who you are, what you do, how your business operates. So don't, yeah, you know, don't don't need with a deal. Don't start, um, uh, don't start with that. But first, you know, uh, uh, build a relationship, and you know, don't wait until you have a deal to to start looking for investors. I know that there are a lot of people out there at the moment looking for looking for deals, uh, because you know, deals have been pretty hard to come by. I think in the last in the last few months, given how uh, uh, how uh, hot the market has been. So it's important to start looking for investors uh, at the same time. Um, mistake number two, the one that we see, um, is generally not making it easy for private investors. You know, private investors are typically uh, cash rich. You know, they've got cash to invest, but they're also time poor because a lot of the time they've got full time jobs or they just you know they, they've got busy lives. And you know, at the same time, you guys looking for funding, you have better things to do with your time than just you know, spending a lot of time trying to convince investors. So you know, one mistake that we see is people wanting to jump on a, on, on a Zoom coffee or do a face-to-face -face meeting too, too early on in a relationship. 
um, you know, it's not good for the private investors because they, they don't have a lot of time and it's not the best way for you to, to qualify the, the investor leads that come your way. So it's, it's good to start with you know, some high level information, uh, a one page of documents to make it easy for people to, uh, to sort of uh, you know, know who you are, what you do and uh, how you typically work uh, with investors. And another mistake that we see, so that would be mistake number three, uh, would be to, to asking, would be asking for money too soon, you know, leading with a deal. Uh, asking for money, it, you know, it's like being sold to. People don't like it. People, people feel uncomfortable um, when, when they're being asked for, for money, especially when it's someone that, you know, that they don't know very well. Um, so yeah, do not do not lead with the deal. So that that goes back to what we what we're discussing in in point one, and the, the fourth uh, mistake, and I think that's the one that we see the most uh, in uh, being made in in the property world, is uh, directly relating to to investor backs, and that's having an all in one investor back. So one um, you know 15, 20, 25 pages long document. That's going to be talking about you, your business, your background, your experience, and that's also going to have a live deal uh, in it. And th there are two main issues with an all-in-one investor back like this. The, the number one is that it's overwhelming. You know, it's a big document. It's a lot to take on. It's a lot to read and understand for someone who may not know you really well, for someone that you may have just met. And uh, the second issue is that it's potentially in breach of FCA financial promotion rules because you, you're, asking, uh, you're asking someone for money, uh, but you're only allowed to uh, make a financial promotion or ask people for money if they are uh, qualified uh, as high net worth or sophisticated investor prior to, to making a financial promotion. So yeah, these are, these are the most common mistakes we see when, uh, when we see people going out there and, and looking for money. And, and Karen, coming from a, um, an FCA compliance background, uh, your understanding of the, the process and indeed the sequence um, of what needs to happen and what order, your um, you, you would be all over this as a uh, based based on your professional background. Yeah, so d definitely. I mean, having a background in FCA compliance allows me to possibly understand the rules and the regulations a lot quicker than someone else would. Because let's face it, if you Google the FCA handbook. It it's not something that you would read for fun, uh, nor would you make it bedtime reading. So when people come to us, you know, what they're really getting is applied compliance, which is something we feel quite strongly about. So most of our clients don't want to just hear about the rules, you know, first to give them an hour long lecture on what the rules say. But it's more about, you know, what they can and can't do uh, within the rules. And that is what I mean by applied compliance. And we designed our quality investor pack structure with that in mind. So how you can raise funds uh, from private investors while staying on the right side of compliance. Uh, and my background, along with Antoine actually, so he was FCA approved to do, to do his role. So we both have a very healthy respect for regulations and we understand uh, it very well. Very good. Well, guys, uh, I, I think there's a, um, 
an, another field that um, we uh, certainly our, our listeners would be interested in around investor relations uh, as an overall um, it's one thing to get someone investing but you ideally want them um, uh, introducing all of their friends families and uh, recommending you into their networks and uh, that that revolves around their experience and and, and how you behave is a, a big part of that um, with your permission we'll, we'll get you back on um, and I, I I look forward to it so uh, Anton Dufresne Karen Yuan we are really happy to have, have talked about how people can raise funds for their property deals. Uh, and once again, the, the best website to get hold of you on um, was, you could just read that out again, please. Uh, yes, so the best place to contact us would be qualityinvestorpacks.com. I repeat, that's qualityinvestorpacks.com. And if you head to our website, you know, you'll have more information on there as well as a contact page uh, to get in touch with us. Yeah, and guys, um, just as a little plug, uh, I, I was astounded at uh, the value that, that is on offer there. So uh, I, I'd recommend you, you look it up. And thanks again, guys. Um, I'm Will Mallard. This is My Property World qualityinvestorpacks.com. Thank you, Will, and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Cheerio. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment so please do on social media and if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests so get in touch via the My Property World profile.